Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. This is John Valdheis, senior writer for BadgerBlitz.com, joined once again by John McNamara, the publisher of BadgerBlitz.com. We're going to uh, kind of dive right into things again today. Uh, we are talking on Tuesday night, uh, just a, uh, I guess you could call it National Signing Day Eve or Early Signing Day Eve. I mean, this is a kind of a second year that the um, College prospects can uh, sign their national letters of intent early and uh, officially join the programs. Badgers are expecting to sign um, quite a few uh, really uh, standout players in the cycle. And John, uh, you put up an article on the site uh, today that was called uh, "Wisconsin is you know going to set or sign its best class of the rivals.com era." Um, obviously, hard to uh, hard to dispute that uh, with the the kind of headliners that we'll talk to or that we'll talk about a little bit here when we uh, get into the show a little bit more. But you know how did how do you think the the Badgers were able to assemble this class? You know that really, I mean, it's it, it stacks up. Um, you know, not only with uh, you know some of the other um, you know recruiting classes across college football, but to really take a step forward compared to you know what you would usually expect from a, a Wisconsin uh, recruiting class. How does it stand out to you? Yeah, I I think if you look at this class and and the two big headliners, Logan Brown and Graham Mertz, uh, one, it's awfully impressive that they landed those their their commitments, uh, and it's even more impressive that they're out of state guys. You know, if you, if you look back at the top guys that Wisconsin's gotten past recruiting classes, uh, oftentimes they're from inside the state and they're able to keep top talent from inside the state. Uh, Wisconsin did that this year, but they also added, you know, those two big pieces in Graham Mertz and Logan Brown that we talked about. Uh, you know, with both, Wisconsin was there from the very beginning. I I remember back at, in Logan Brown's recruitment and going to Wisconsin's camp, um, I think it was in the summer of 2016, uh, right after his freshman year, and you know, there's you know, 200, 300 kids there, and uh, you know, Logan Brown stood out, and I was uh, kind of hunting around and trying to find out, you know, who this kid was, and I found, uh, eventually found his mom there and one of his high school coaches, and I was, I was really surprised when they told me, yeah, this kid is, you know, just coming off his freshman year of high school, so uh, you know, that camp kind of kicked things off for him recruiting wise. Uh, he, he hit it off with Joe Rudolph and, and that started a really strong relationship. And, uh, obviously Wisconsin beat out some of the top schools in the country, uh, in his recruitment. And then, you know, it was the same thing with Graham Mertz, who they also got on, on campus to camp, uh, at the time of his commitment, he just had offers from Minnesota and Kansas. So, um, you know, with those two guys in particular, uh, and the two guys who are at the top of this class, it was laying that groundwork early. And then being able to hold off other schools, uh, you know, throughout their recruitment. So, um, yeah, credit the Wisconsin coaching staff for for identifying those guys early. You know, not just Mertz and, and Logan Brown, but you know, other guys in this recruiting class where they were on pretty early. So, I think you know, I think the staff uh, ha- has strong evaluators on it, and they did a good job of identifying guys early, laying that groundwork, and then you know, fending off other schools uh, from across the country wanting to come in and, and try to flip those guys. I think the thing that's the thing that stands out the most to me about um, you know the the Badger signing this class is you know being having having able to not only you know uh, doing a, a good job and getting those relationships going with guys like Brown and Mertz, uh, but you know to to fend off um, 
you know, really strong recruiting pushes from, you know, guys, specifically Mertz, I'm thinking of, because he was, you know, obviously he's the guy that, you know, kind of tore up the, um, you know, high school uh, camps and, uh, you know, uh, kind of scouting, uh, you know, high profile scouting things and things like that. I mean, he went, he really got on a roll uh, after, uh, you know, committing to the Badgers and, you know, was really getting some interest from, you know, some of the, the real heavy hitters in, in, uh, in the world of college football. And, you know, I think um, it, w- it was interesting. I just think to, to watch, you know, the, the mood on you say like our, our message board, um, you know, cause obviously we, you know, keep tabs and, you know, post, uh, you know, all the, the uh, different offers that got, that Mertz was getting. And, you know, I think uh, it, it was, na- it, you know, it's kind of natural for, you know, people to wonder if the Badgers would be able to um, to hold on to him, considering that he was getting so much attention from, you know, um, schools that you would consider to be um, more players for national recruits compared to the Badgers, in, at least in seasons past. And so, I think to hold on to him in particular, but then also to you know to hold on to Brown and you know really the rest of these other um, four star guys that are in this class. I mean, I think that says a lot about you know the the relationship and the fit that they found uh, with uh, these players. And I, I think that bodes well for, you know, getting their, um, you know, college careers started off on the right foot, you know, when they get onto campus. Right. And, you know, you mentioned Graham Mertz and, you know, the, you know, I don't want to call it a soap opera, but it was, it was kind of must see TV, you know, it really when, he was. Was, when he was picking up those offers, you know, Alabama, Georgia, Stanford, Notre Dame, Michigan, Ohio State, you know, the list kind of goes on and on and on. And, you know, he he was, you know, on this uh, very upfront with the Wisconsin coaching staff and, uh, you know, about posting that stuff. And he was in close contact with John Budmeyer. So, um, you know, I don't think it was anything that he was trying to do to draw extra attention to himself. I, you know, I, I think that he handled the, the, his recruitment the way he wanted to. And, you know, being up front with the coaching staff, I know the Wisconsin staff was was fine with how he handled it. But, you know, Logan Brown was a little bit different. And, you know, the same schools were were knocking down the door for him. And, I, you know, he – I got a chance to talk to his his high school coach, you know, quite a few times, I guess, since uh, that, that camp that I talked about after his freshman year. And, you know, a lot of those schools uh, came into East Kentwood High School and, you know, they were inquiring about Logan Brown. Um, and he was just kind of thanks but no thanks with them. So – you know, he didn't make a lot of his new offers public. He didn't make schools coming into the into the high school public. So, um, you know, two guys who were, were recruited, you know, very heavily, um, just kind of handled both different ways. But, uh, you know, they're both heading to Wisconsin. They're both huge gets uh, for that coaching staff. And, you know, you like you mentioned, John, you, you talked about the relationships, you know, specifically with Brown. I, I think they got him on campus like six times uh, before his commitment. And, you know, the relationship that he had with Joe Rudolph was huge and, uh, you know, Logan Brown's a big guy. You know, when I talk to him, you know, he, he wants to talk about stuff other than football. And I think the Wisconsin coaching staff realized that. So, you know, when he was there, it was it was not just, you know, uh, you know, a 24 hour visit that centered around football. It was it was getting to know him as a person, getting to know his family as a person, uh, you know, as, as people, I should say. And, you know, his sister was big in, in his recruitment. She was a division one athlete and they kind of won her over. So, again, like you talked about, John, the relationship building that went on, I, I thought was big uh, for this class. And, uh, you know, getting a lot of those guys locked up early, they, they built the bond together. So um, a lot of good stuff. And, it's a, you know, it's a big reason why uh, this is probably going to be Wisconsin's best. I shouldn't say best. I should say most highly rated class 
uh, of the internet era of the rivals.com era, which dates back to, to 2002. So obviously, you know, Brown and Mertz for, for good reason, kind of, um, get a lot of the headlines and, uh, you know, it's, it's easy to talk about them because they're, uh, they're, you know, up at the top of our rankings for, um, you know, rivals.com rate ratings and all that stuff. But uh, the, the badges are signing, uh, you know, or set to sign four other four star players, uh, according to our ranking system in, in tight end, uh, Hayden Rucci, uh, Defensive back Samar Melvin, linebacker Spencer Lytle, and uh, defensive tackle Rodis Johnson. It, you know, it, not to not to you know solo out uh, one over the other because you know the it's it's big for the Badgers to sign you know a, a big crop of four star players like this. But is there one of that that group of four that stands out to you as somebody that was a, a particularly big get for this class for UW? Yeah, you know, Rodis Johnson, uh, just because of his position, I thought was a huge get at the time that they got him. Uh, you know, they had Keanu Benton and they had Gio Paez, uh, two guys that they were very high on. Uh, so they had commitments from them at the time of his, uh, Rodis Johnson's commitment. But I just think that, uh, you know, what he can bring to Wisconsin uh, at a position that, you know, I don't want to say they haven't recruited well, but, you know, they haven't gotten big time four-star uh, defensive tackles uh, very often in the last, you know, I guess 18 years dates back to 2002. So, you know, I, I thought his commitment was huge. And, you know, like you talked about, John, you know, we, I went back and kind of looked at past recruiting classes and, uh, you know, with Rodis Johnson, he, he's tied for second as the, as the most highly rated defensive tackle that Wisconsin has, has signed, you know, I fully expect him to sign tomorrow. So, uh, you know, Nick Hayden's was the top one. He, you know, he's a four-star kid with a 5.9 rating. But uh, Rodis Johnson joins a group that includes Brandon Hoy, Jordan Cahoot, and Garrett Rand as uh, as highly rated defensive tackles that Wisconsin's been able to land. So, uh, you know, because it's a position of need, and you know, with the way the defensive line struggled, you know, in terms of you know inconsistency and injuries and everything that went into it. I thought Rodis Johnson was a huge get for the Badgers in, in this 2019 class. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, it, obviously you, you sign these guys and it's not like you, it's not like the, uh, the NFL draft or anything where you expect them all to, uh, to come in and uh, contribute right away. But you kind of see, you know, the, you take a look at Wisconsin season this year and you can see what happens when, you know, you, you develop kind of a depth chart hole at a position um, like the Badgers had kind of with, with defensive line, defensive end in particular, you know, obviously some injuries um, played a role with that, specifically with with Garrett Rand, uh, who you mentioned uh, a minute ago with his his Achilles injury that held him out this, for this year. But I think it's this is a that's a position that they really needed to add, you know, some um, some big bodies to guys. And I think the the thing that stands out about uh, Johnson to me is that he seems like the kind of guy that you know, could flex and, you know, depending on how he develops, could play either, you know, at that nose spot or, you know, at that uh, defensive end position, which, you know, in the, the scheme that the Badgers run, the 3-4, um, it's, a, it's a demanding position uh, that, uh, you know, not a lot of athletes, um, you know, fit the mold for. Um, and so I think that's the thing that stands out to me about him is that, you know, not only are you bolstering um, – you know, a position group that, you know, we've seen what happens when you run a little thin, uh, but to have somebody who could, you know, conceivably kind of play both spots, I think that's, uh, in particular, I think that's a pretty big, uh, pretty big get for UW. Right. And, you know, you look at his film and he's, he's a little bit raw, 
because he, he grew up playing on the offensive line. Um, you know, he's about six foot four, 285 pounds, but you know, a big wingspan if, if you look at his tape. So like you said, John, uh, you know, a guy that they, you know, pencil in at defensive tackle, but I think he could bump out to end, you know, when they run two defensive linemen down, I think he, he fits well there. So he, he gives you a little bit of everything there. And I, I think versatility, you know, is definitely something that Rodas Johnson is going to bring to the table. Uh, how quickly can he contribute? You know, again, I think, I think there's going to be a learning curve there. Um, but you know, the, the, the tools are there and, you know, he was a top, uh, target for Wisconsin, you know, from the very start of this 2019 class. So, uh, he'll, he'll certainly be one of the most interesting guys to watch, uh, you know, during fall camp and, you know, maybe he starts to emerge in, in the 2020 season beyond that. Yeah. And he's another guy that, you know, you could conceivably think of, or, you know, really any of these, uh, the defensive linemen, I think for, for one thing, there's going to be a, there's going to be a path to, to some playing time, um, depending on uh, you know how, how the Badgers kind of look at uh, their, their position next year obviously uh, that we bring back uh, Bryson Williams who is uh, you know got some got some work there after Olive Sangapolu uh, you know missed the, the final part of the season with his arm injury but you know from a scholarship standpoint they'll be uh, they'll be kind of missing out on some uh, some depth at that nose spot so it'll definitely be an opportunity for somebody to kind of emerge in fall camp and you know also you know having the the red shirt rule where you could play a couple of games and then still keep your red shirt i think that's probably a big uh, probably a big deal for the badgers at that position in in, in particular as they go into next year um but you know we had we had something else up on the site uh that we usually do for uh this uh signing day uh just kind of running through some superlatives and guys that we think uh, stand out in this class one way or another uh, you know we both talked about uh the the top prospect uh, touched a little bit on, um, you know, the the defensive line as an area that somebody could play early. Uh, is there anybody else in this class that jumps out to you as somebody who, uh, you know, could see the field, you know, almost as early as next year in like a uh, a more extensive role, say, than just like the four games to maintain the red shirt? Yeah, and that's you know, it's funny you brought that up. That was the question I I had the most difficult time with. Uh, you know, if you look at that series that we've been doing for for quite a while. We look at top prospects, most likely to play early, the sleeper, most needed, best surprise, most underrated. Uh, but you know, looking at that, most likely to play early. Usually, there's someone, you know, from that recruiting class where you know you say, okay, this guy's going to play early because you know they got they have a hole at that position, and you know he's he's going to be relied upon. You know, whether it be long snapper and a guy like Adam Bay or you know, junior college guy like Andrew Van Ginkle in years past where you said, okay, this guy's going to play right away. Looking at this group, you know, I think it's a credit to the roster that they have right now where, you know, there aren't any glaring holes where you could say, okay, this guy's going to for sure come in. I think all all three defensive linemen have a chance with Gio Paez, Keanu Benton, and Rodas Johnson. Um, like you said, John, you know, they're, they're looking for, you know, probably a, a backup defensive tackle slash nose guard. Uh, Benton or you know Rodas Johnson, maybe they'll be there. Uh, Piaz is another guy who could bump around, either play nose tackle or end. Uh, but you know, just just looking at uh, you know uh, the combination of, of a skill set and being ready to play, uh, I, I think Leo Chanel fits that bill uh, pretty well as a guy that I think at bare minimum probably probably participate participates on special teams right away. Uh, you know, just just looking at his senior film and then you know seeing some pictures of him 
you know, when he was on campus, you know, physically he looks like he's ready to play right away, uh, just like his brother did, John Chennault, the walk-on uh, fullback who burned his red shirt as a true freshman this fall playing on special teams. So, um, you know, about six foot three, 235 pounds, you know, Leo Chennault is going to transform his body, you know, from a year or two in Wisconsin strength and conditioning program. You know, he's, he's coming in looking, you know, awfully fit, uh, you know, awfully ready, you know, you know, just by an eyeball test, like he can play right away. So I think he plays on special teams as a true freshman and burns his red shirt. Yeah. And I think the, the there's at least, uh, you know, some history of, the, you know, the Badgers liking, um, 